Well, hello. It's great to be um, sharing with you today. And we're going to be carrying on our series on stories of hope. And um, just to give you a bit of background, a bit of context to the story that we're going to be looking at today, um, the religious leaders, the pastors of the day, were criticizing Jesus for who he was hanging out with at the time. Now, these morally questionable people, these sinners, if you like, weren't just listening to Jesus. They were actually hanging out with him. They were actually socializing with him. I don't know if you remember what that was like, socializing. It feels like a world away, a lifetime away. But the, the, the leaders of the day, they had a massive problem with this. And so they were criticizing Jesus. And he responds to them by telling them one parable in three parts. Now, Charlie looked at the first part uh, last week called the story um, of the lost sheep. And uh, this week, we're going to be looking at the story of the lost coin. And it's in Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to read from the message translation. It says, or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, be sure, um, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors. Celebrate with me. I have found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. So this is a story about a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. Now, one Saturday, we lost a coin. And it wasn't so much the value of the coin that was the drama. It was where it was lost. Um, essentially, one of, one of our sons um, came into the kitchen and he said, I've got, I've got a coin stuck in my throat. And I was like, well, first of all, let me just tell you, you might be picturing maybe a toddler, a child two or three years old. And just to say at that time, our children were aged between the ages of eight and 15. So you might think that they were sort of trustworthy enough, really, to be able to have a coin. I mean, I, I did. Um, so then I sort of said, what, what coin is it? And he said, 50p. I'm thinking, how can you get the second largest UK coin in circulation stuck in your non-toddler throat? So basically, I got two of my other sons. I sent one up to the common to get Martin, who was playing football. said, go and get dad. Bring him back here quickly. I got the other one who started doing the Heimlich maneuver. And I'm trying to get him over the toilet, trying to dislodge this coin that was stuck in his throat. And he was slowly going blue and blue and changing color. And we were beginning to panic. As soon as Martin rushes in through the door, he goes, I think I've swallowed it. And so instantly, there's that sigh of relief because his color is returning back to normal. We're sort of, you know, freaked out by the whole situation. We're just thinking, oh my goodness, okay, at least he can breathe now. And then shortly after that, we take him up to A&E. He has an x-ray, can't see anything at all, nothing visible on the x-ray. And so they sort of say to us, well, the thing is, he's likely just to pass it. And I'm thinking... 50p. It's, it's another whole meaning, isn't it, to sort of spending a penny. Um, but also, I did feel like um, they'd also told us a story about a child who'd come in once and they'd swallowed a dart. I just thought, how do you swallow a dart? Anyway, I felt slightly better about my parenting, knowing that it wasn't a dart, but it was a 50p coin. Anyway, so we, um, we end up going home and we wait. And every sort of day, we're sort of saying to him, you know, anything? Um, you know, has he been to the toilet? Anything? Been to the toilet? And at nothing, nothing at all. And then 
One of my friends who was a nurse, she said, the thing is, Emily, that actually it's quite dangerous if the coin is stuck somewhere inside of him because um, it can basically start to cause quite a nasty infection. You do need to know whether he's passed it or not. So what we did was we went to one of my friends who's um, really into like metal detecting. So we borrowed his metal detector. And um, so we took our son, laid him out on the floor and got this metal detector and basically just went up and down him just... Beep, 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 beep. And you literally, you suddenly heard this beep. I went, oh my gosh, it's still in him. And then we realized he was lying on a bit of metal, just like underneath the carpet. So we moved him somewhere else. And then we tried it again. But there was, there was nothing this time. No beep, no sound. And we still haven't seen anything of that coin. So we were relieved that he was okay. Everything was fine. He's fine. But that coin was well and truly lost. Now, we weren't concerned about the coin itself, but we were concerned about our child. We were concerned about our son. And Jesus' story that we've just read about, it's not about losing money and losing coins. It's about people. It's about those who are lost being found. It's about you, and it's about me. And perhaps with everything that's going on at the moment, you're feeling just a bit lost you're feeling pretty lost. Maybe you can relate to something of Sam's story that was just shared. Maybe you feel lost in work or lost in depression. Or maybe you're not feeling lost at all. Um, I didn't grow up going to church, and I didn't feel particularly lost. But one time when someone was speaking to me about Jesus, um, I was really intrigued with what they were saying. And I just thought, God, if you're there, if this is real, if what he's saying about Jesus is true, then show me. And I prayed that prayer, and shortly, sometime later, I had this encounter with God by his Holy Spirit. I encountered Jesus, and I was filled with this, this love and this joy that's it's almost inexplicable to describe. It's almost hard to describe to you. But I went from not feeling very lost to definitely feeling found. So what, does, what are these two verses? That's all they are. This story is two verses in Luke's gospel. This brief story tell us. So the first thing is, you are a priority to God. You are of infinite value to God. And we've all experienced various degrees of lostness throughout this pandemic. For some, we've lost jobs. For some, it's been lost opportunities. For some, it's been, or well, for all of us, loss of freedom in one way or the other or another And for some, tragically, it's even been the loss of a loved one. We all know what it's like to lose the more mundane things of life. Even today, I lost my face mask. And then, um, you know when you lose your phone? I mean, that that gets your heart racing, doesn't it? Where is my phone? Rightly or wrongly, our whole lives are now on our phones. I mean, you can even pay for stuff with your phone. I mean, I don't even really carry coins or cash on me anymore. So when I read this story, I think, why is the woman in the story so determined to find a coin. Now, the woman's lost coin was a bit more than 50p. It was about a day's wages. And perhaps you're a student, maybe you're out of work, um, or maybe you earn quite a lot of money. Whatever your situation, nobody likes to lose money. And neither does this woman. So she does something about it. Now, she could have just thought, it's annoying, I've lost a coin, but I do have nine more. So I'm just going to crack on with that and get over it. But she doesn't. And the coin was lost in her house. She could have just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm bound to come across it at some point. Sometime later, sometime throughout the day, I'll find it. 
but she doesn't. She takes action. She makes it a priority. And my personal observation is that people, all of us, tend to look for things in different ways. So just to give you a bit of an example off the top of my head. Um, in our household, if someone's looking for a coat, they'll go to the cupboard where the coats are, they will open it up, and they'll just go, uh, I can't see it instantly, uh, I can't find my coat, I've lost my coat. And then they'll sort of say, Mum, can you help me find my coat? So there are other people in our household, just me, um, who will look carefully through the cupboards, maybe even move a coat, um, at radical, I know, and, um, and I will look until it's, until it's found. Now, my boys say that they think I've got mum powers, but I just say, I think it's just eyes and arms, boys. Um, now, it seems that the woman in Jesus' story also appears to have mum powers, because she carefully goes through her entire house, searching for the coin until it is found. You are Jesus' priority. Now, Jesus is depicting God in this story as the woman. This is pretty radical for the religious leaders at that time, because at that time, women were treated as second-class citizens. So depicting God himself as a woman by doing that, Jesus was affirming the role of women and their intrinsic value. And his message is that God will go to any length to search you out and to find you. God sees you. It says his arms not too short to save. It's not mum powers. But as Romans says, as Paul says in Romans 1, it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. So first, in this story, we see that you are Jesus' priority. The second that we see is that you can know him personally. It would have come at great personal cost for this woman to find the lost coin. We've already said the coin's value was a day's wage. And she could have used exactly that same amount of energy that she spent looking for the coin, earning a new one. But she doesn't. The only thing about, thing about this coin is that it was lost. And so she goes searching for it. And at that time, in the northern end of the Sea of Galilee, houses were made of a building stone called basalt. And it meant that the ceilings and the walls were, were very dark. And uh, most of the houses actually either didn't have any windows or they just had lots of little slits for windows, making it very, very hard to see. And uh, so the woman, she lights a lamp to help her find the coin. Now, it's also important to remember that oil was expensive, and she would have normally just saved her oil for the use at night time. But she chooses to use her oil to go and find the lost coin. Now, the oil in the story represents Jesus. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. And without Jesus, we are all lost. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But this story, this two-verse little short story of hope is that God sent his son to find us and to rescue us. In Luke 19, it says he came to find and restore the lost in the message translation. This is a free gift to us, but it cost Jesus greatly. It was a great personal cost to him. On the cross, he chose to spend himself so that we might be found. And not only us, but everyone who believes.
I recently came across this website called um, humanforsale.com. And you simply fill in this form, and it tells you how much you're worth. So I thought I'd have a go. And um, there are four main factors you have to fill in. There's physical um, factors, your age, uh, hair color, height, uh, weight. Then there's um, mental factors, education, IQ. Then thirdly, lifestyle factors, where you live, exercise, how much you watch TV. And then fourthly, personality factors, and how you would rate your sense of style, artistic ability, your sense of humor. I think it's quite hilarious that you rate yourself. So the things are like poor, below average, average, above average, excellent. Um, so I filled it in, and, um, and I, my result came out at um, £1,440,250.50. I was quite chuffed with that. I just thought, yeah, that's a good little quiz. And, um, and then I started seeing all the other posts below and how much everybody else said that they, they were worth. I just felt a bit rubbish after I thought, stupid quiz. What's that doing anyway? So much rubbish on the internet. And um, the thing is, your worth isn't based on what you look like. Your worth isn't based on what you do. It's not based on your education. It's not based on how much money you earn. Your, your worth is determined by the price that someone is willing to pay for it. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He gave his life for you and for me. So you're his priority. You're of infinite value to God. You can know him personally because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And finally, you're invited to a party. When the woman in the story finds the coins, she invites and calls all her friends and families together for a party. If she had a phone, she would be on Snapchat. She would be on Facebook. She would be on Twitter. She would be on Instagram. What's the other one that does lock dances? TikTok. Can you do invites on TikTok? I don't know if I've actually been on it. My son's on it all the time. But she would be on all those social media. She would be inviting people, come and celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Jesus is making a point. Everyone is welcome. Everyone, everyone is invited to hang out with him, to know him, to be in a relationship with him. And every time a person gets found, all heaven throws a party. When I was, that was just Martin. <laughs> You're heaven to me, babe. Um, oh, do you like that? No. Okay. Um, but when I was about 10 years old, my family and I went to um, Wales on holiday. And we went for a walk. And we always used to do those circular walks. Never just went somewhere and back. Couldn't quite cope with that. I've inherited that. I love a circular walk. And it was one of those ones, you know, sometimes you have roots, green root, blue, whatever. This one was depicted by a footprint on a post. So it had a slant cut off at the front. And there was a painted white footprint on the top. And you would follow the route round depending on what the angle of the footprint was. So we started off on this. I was about 10 at the time. My brother was 11. And um, we just were getting a bit bored of hanging around with our parents. We just thought we'd run on ahead. Let's show a bit of leadership. Run on ahead. So we did that. And then we stopped for a while and we waited. And we waited. And there was no sign of our parents or the rest of our family at all. So we decided actually we should run back to where we last saw them. We ran back. And we couldn't find them like anywhere 
And so we were just beginning to panic a little bit at that time. 10 and 11 years old, stuck in the woods, lost in the woods. And then it started to get dark. Clouds came over and it started to rain. And we literally started to panic. I remember us running through the mud, getting really, really muddy. And as we were running, I remember my trainer got stuck in the mud. You know, as you pull it out and um, it just was held in by the mud. So going back, trying to retrieve my trainer, trying to kind of calm my brother down, who was really freaking out, and um, trying to think out where our parents would be. But we were lost. We were cold. We were wet. We were filthy, dirty, and we were utterly, utterly lost. And then I said to my brother, look, why don't we try and listen for the road? If we can listen for the road, maybe we could make our way back to, um, to the car park. And as we started to just listen to the road, we suddenly heard this noise, this thumping. It was dad. And he had been running round and round these woods, trying to find us. And we'd realized that that one particular post was slightly ambiguous. You weren't quite sure whether we should have taken the left path or the right path. We had taken the wrong path. And once Dad had worked out and he'd done one particular loop, he started doing the other loop, running round and round and round, desperate to find us. And when he got to us, I remember he just dropped down on his knees in the mud. And he just held us. And after a short while, I remember thinking, can we go now? Because it's freezing and I'm cold and wet. And he just said, just wait. Let me hold you for a while. And the thing is, we had taken the wrong turn. We had got lost. But he wasn't cross with us. He just was glad that we weren't lost anymore. And... God's love for you and God's love for me is a bit like that, but far, far greater. And maybe you can feel like you relate to that today. Maybe you're feeling lost. Maybe you're feeling dirty. Maybe you're feeling scared. But God is a loving father who never gives up looking for you until you are found. And with every invitation, you're invited to the party. With every invitation comes um, the need for a response. And how do we respond to God? How do you want to respond to this loving Father today? And I would just love to invite any one of you who's watching now, if you would like to, to enter into a relationship with Jesus right now in this moment. So if you'd like to do that, why don't you just join with me as I pray this really simple prayer. And um, you can say it out loud or echo it in your heart, whatever you feel comfortable with. But if you'd like to do that, why don't we just pray just now? Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the creator and holder of the universe. And yet, you say that I am a priority to you. We thank you that you sent Jesus. Thank you that because Jesus went to the cross and rose again, that I can know him personally. And so I want to say yes to the invitation to the party right now. And God, I ask that you would forgive me for all the stuff that I've done wrong in my life, all the All the bad choices that I've made, I repent of them. And repenting is just another word for saying, I just turn away from them and I leave them. And Lord, I pray that you would cleanse me now 
where I feel dirty, would you come and make me clean? And maybe there's some specific things that come to mind that you feel like you want to say sorry to God for. Just take a moment right now just to repent of those things and bring them to him. And Lord, I thank you that because of Jesus, I can receive your forgiveness and start a new life. So come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to lead the kind of life that deep down I long to lead. Thank you, Jesus, for finding me. Amen.